That June stands clear in my mind. That June stands clear in my mind. Short and sweet. First line of Rape of the Fair Country. You don't see that title that often. Rape and Egg King. Rape of the Fair Country by Alexander Cordell. Uh, written in 1959. And the New York Times says it's ribald, body, exciting, and tragically violent. A tremendously lusty story, a splendid novel. And this is a hilarious one, actually. It's my dad's, and he's Welsh. And uh, this is about the Welsh uprisings against, of the, the Welsh workers against the English steel barons in, like, 1850. So it was written, like, 100, set 100 years before it was written. And it's uh, set ex- exactly where my dad comes from, like this place called Ebba Vale and uh, Bryn Mawr and Nantilo and in the South Wales, uh, which like no one knows about. I feel like Wales is this unknown country. And I only know about it because my dad's side of the family is Welsh. Uh, and that's why I read this because uh, my grandma just died actually. And. Uh, it's made me more interested in like uh, ancestry and stuff like that. So I've just read this book because it was uh, it's about whales and it's about like the steel um, barons. So in South Wales, there's a lot of steel. There were a lot of steel works and coal mines and iron ore and heavy industry. And I guess in the 18-whatevers, uh, the, the actual companies were owned by English aristocracy. And they were really pretty much using the Welsh and Irish immigrants as like slave labor to just, and child labor and brutally extortionate wages and awful working conditions. And I guess it's a true story. This book is about, it's set, about this main character is a little boy uh, called Eston Mortimer. The names are hilarious. Morfith, like it's got double D in it, and in Welsh, double D it's pronounced the. So it's like Morf. His sister's called M O R F Y D D, and I don't know Morfith, Morfith. A Welsh person would just shake their head, I bet. But uh, the Welsh language is awesome. <clears throat> Tridiger Nantilo. Don't know if I'm saying that right. N-A-N-T-Y-G-L-O. So it's like actually Nantiglo, but I don't know. Jethro uh, Gwenny Lewis. Sarah Roberts. So a lot of... Um, the Welsh is, Welsh is awesome. There's some songs in here and... It's very, um, I don't even know anything about Alexander Cordell. I assume he's Welsh, but he writes kind of similarly to Dylan Thomas, who's a really relatively famous um, Welsh poet from like the 1950s, around the same time. Writes this sick, like lyrical. They're known for, Wales is known for like myth and legend and songs and um, male voice choirs and shit like that. And, like, if you listen to the Welsh 
uh, when the Welsh rugby team is playing, you listen to the crowd singing and it's like a bunch of big dudes just belting it out, but it'll move you to tears. It's crazy. So they really like and appreciate poetry and lyricism and lyrical, the lyrical shit in life. And this book celebrates that too. Uh, and I also read it because, like, in the 1980s, Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister of Britain, absolutely fucking owned the uh, coal mining, the miners' unions. And, like, her actions, along with the, the immovability of the unions, actually resulted in the, the industry shutting down. And so my dad grew up in South Wales in, like, this shithole that uh where there were no jobs and it like kind of like um appalachia's today appalachia region in america today where all the mines are shutting down so the generation like my dad was lucky he got educated he was went to university and got out um but it's an interesting uh, area, I think, historically, because it's the defeat is so bound up in that area. Uh, and this book showed me that it's been happening for hundreds of years, not just like in the last 50. But the Welsh have always been defeated, and I'm sure this sounds is wrong historically, but like the Romans pushed the Welsh almost out of Wales. They got, they like survived in a few valleys and the English have always been dicking on them and Thatcher. And so there, it's a very uh, interesting story of like, how do you find a story and an invigorating and a heroic tale, even though overall you got smashed and I think it's super relevant to like Black Lives Matter and um, the unification of the gig industry workers or whatever the fuck needs to happen for like everybody to stop being so brutally uh, raped by some of the big, or not some of the big companies, but like big companies want to shit on their employees. They don't want to have to pay people. And it's only through agitation and actually communicating the fact that everybody's suffering and actually the job will get done way better if the employees are happy and not just like dying on the job and I'm not saying it's the same as the coal and steel the, the terrible industries of the industrial revolution with child labor and stuff like that but um Well, there's a lot of revolution in the air right now. And there's also some pitfalls that other revolutions have fallen into. And I think I was interested in reading about this thing that happened because it's kind of celebrate. Like my dad knows this book. Of course he's read it, but like, I think it was relatively famous and people know about the Welsh uprisings and they know the, the narrative. Like, yeah, it was a valiant effort. Maybe they were fighting for the right thing, but they got absolutely owned. Uh, So yeah, 
I'm not sure how interesting it would be for people without the Welsh side of things because I was like happy to go along with it. Because you go one generation back in my family and I'm half, half Welsh, but like some of the words are really complicated and it's really, uh, well, yeah, it's an interesting view on the life in that time too. Cause like there's just regular everyday scenes. This little kid lives with his family. It's years of his life. And at one point they have to kill a pig that called die too. And they've, had this pig for years and he brought him up and he's talking about what it's actually like to kill a pig. Uh, and like, I've never killed a pig. Um, and a lot of the shit he just has to do in his daily life is very different to what I have to do. And that was an interesting, uh, that was an interesting part of the book because it was a nice insight into a very different life to mine, even though, you know, if I'd been born two, three, two hundred years ago, I'm not saying I would have been this kid, but like my life would have been like that probably. So yeah, it's old school. It's super old school. There's a lot of like really conservative family stuff in it. Like a man does this with his wife, and um, yeah, it's pretty. Some of it's just funny because it was written in 1959. So it's like it's also it also demonstrates the attitudes of that time. And yeah, super different view of life. There's some epic stuff in it. There's some epic, like, rabble-rousing speeches by these guys who are touring the country and, like, trying to encourage people to join the unions, even though if they get caught in with a union card, they have their legs broken and they're flayed and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah. Then I'll give it a go. See what you think. Good luck getting a copy of it. I don't know. It's published by Coronet. Coronet Books. And on the back, it has those prices. It says United Kingdom, 85p. And this is just printed directly on the book. Australia, $2.75 with a star beside it. And then the star says recommended, but not obligatory. New Zealand, two seventy-five. Canada, three fifty. So yeah, Rape of the Fair Country by Alexander Cordell.